Welcome to Marketing Thought Leadership, the podcast that offers insightful discussions on thought-provoking marketing topics. Here's the host of our show, marketing consultant, speaker, author, and educator, and the president of Leverage 2 Market Associates, Linda Popke. Hi, this is Linda Popke, and welcome to our latest episode of Marketing Thought Leadership. I'm here today with Mike Gosby, who is a professional customer advisory board facilitator and the co-founder of Kickstart Alliance. Kickstart Alliance is a sales and marketing leadership consulting team, and over the past 12 years, Mike has personally facilitated and helped companies execute more than 100 advisory board meetings in a variety of industries. Prior to that, he held a variety of leadership roles at HP, at Sun, and at several startups. He's also the author of several marketing books on B2B marketing, including The Marketing High Ground and The Flip Chart Guides to Customer Advisory Boards. Welcome, Mike. Hi, Linda. Thanks for having me. Well, so tell us to start with, what exactly is a customer advisory board and how is it different from other types of meetings that we might be having with customers? That's an excellent question. A customer advisory boards is best thought of as a strategy-level focus group. It's a collection of maybe 8 or 12 of your senior decision makers, of your most strategic customers. They come together with your executive staff to explore strategic topics about trends and drivers that are shaping the industry and their business specifically. And how this differs from a lot of other customer engagements is really around this notion of strategy, about forward thinking, about industry directions. It's not a product focus group. It's not a customer uh, user group. It's not a feedback session on specific features and benefits. It's really got a unique strategic flavor to it. So how does this fit into this larger model we have of always trying to get the voice of the customer? You know, the voice of the customer is one of those terms. It's such a broad, far-reaching umbrella. Voice of the customer captures everything in its broadest sense from uh, user feedback on a daily basis. It's where social media fits in about somebody who's maybe having a, a problem with the product. They're giving you daily feedback or indications of how to make the products better. And then there's product focus groups, which are maybe looking out at roadmaps that uh, take your product from, say, six months to 18 months out. What should the next iteration look like? And the advisory board kind of is, rises one step above all that because really the focus in a strategic nature is maybe three to five years out in the horizon and isn't so much about how is your product changing, but how is the industry changing, how are use cases changing, uh, and what does that mean for how your company can provide value moving forward? So with that in mind, I think of voice of the customers having three layers to it. And the bottom layer is the daily customer feedback, which I just described earlier. The middle layer is the product focus group looking at 18 months to three years. And the advisory board is this three to five year uh, horizon. So maybe that's at the top of the pyramid, if you will, of the three right. levels of customer interaction. So it, it seems like then if you want to look at this bigger horizon, you've got to be thinking more strategically. You've got to be asking or, or searching for big questions to ask your customers. How do you figure out what the right question is? If you've got this very uh, exclusive group of customers, they're strategic and, and they're important to you, you don't want to waste time with, with things that aren't going to matter. How do you figure out what the big question is? 
You know, that, that's such a good question. This is really an area where a lot of companies struggle with. But let, let me see if I can simplify and boil it all down. That if I were to say what, what, this, what the real strategic question is, and it doesn't matter what industry you're in or, or what technology you're focused, the strategic question usually boils down to something like this. For us to maintain our leadership position and be relevant to you three to five years from now, what do you think we need to do? That uh-huh. is the strategic, that is the big question. Everything else is kind of detail, but that's the core central uh, question. And then, of course, your agenda around the advisory board would uh, explore different elements or aspects surrounding that big question. Now, what I like about that is you can ask that question to anybody. I don't care what industry in you're in. I don't care you know, whether you're a small business or a big business, but that's the kind of question that, that just works across the board. Well, it, it is, and you know that if, if I were to pick one key word out of that question, the key word is relevant. Yes. How do we stay relevant to what you're, where you're going at? And it, here's a quick side story. I was working with this uh, one company, and as part of their uh, – and I did their advisory board for uh, five years. And they said, you know, Michael, we've got a really good feel of our customers. We know they, they love us. They've told us so. But as part of the pre-cab uh, prep work, why don't you interview them and let's just get them to reiterate what they like about us and why they like doing business with us. So I said, fine. And we did this uh, interview fully expecting that they would repeat back to us the, the three or four reasons we had heard over the years about why they liked us. Right. But what was interesting, what surprised us out of this was that all of the customers responded with saying, well, you know, we love you but we're actually going to be doing less business with you in the future. And I said, oh, my gosh, why? If you love us so much, why would you be doing less? He says, well, the business conditions have changed and how we're running our interaction with our supply chain and, and our interaction with our vendors. We're actually going to be rethinking this, and we're going to be end up doing less business. So the, the element of you know, how do we stay relevant oh, my gosh, light, lights went on, and we said, wait, we need to do a timeout and explore this with our customers in more detail. So that completely shifted the agenda for the advisory board where we dove into the details of why is their business changing, what do they expect out of this next level of relationship with their vendors, and how can we provide even more value to them? And it's because they have the advisory board and because they took the time to ask the question and listen to the answer – they were able to reshape their business model so they didn't lose revenue moving forward. They reshaped their next level of their services so they could stay relevant and continue to grow their business. And that was a huge aha moment for the CEO and his staff. Now, what's interesting about that, and, and I've heard this from, from my own clients as well, is how often we think we know what customers will say, but they're saying either they're saying something that um, they, they think we want to hear or they're answering the questions we're asking and we're not asking the right questions. So it's fascinating how they were able to learn something which could, have, could really significantly impact their business. You know, and, and I need to give credit to the CEO because there, there are a number of executives I know, and I'm sure you know some, who, who've got kind of the, their inner guidance system says, you know, Mike, I know exactly what we need to do. I know what a roadmap is. I really doubt our customers could tell me anything I don't already know. And 
that's a dangerous assumption moving forward. Now, now to be sure, customers will never be able to tell a CEO and his executive team where specifically they should invest or who specifically they should partner with. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't ask the questions about how their world is changing and be uh, and consider the uh, feedback they give you they give you so uh, you might want to make some changes and that's kind of what what happened here so even if you think you know the answers the customers might surprise you and and you never lose any ground by taking the opportunity to have a conversation of a strategic nature with nature with the customers it's never a bad idea Absolutely. So tell me something. So for an, a, an advisory board like this to be successful, you need to have the right people in the room. So how do you choose the right executives to attend, particularly if you don't yet have a relationship with some of them? If we're looking at where we're going to be in the future and, and what's going to happen three to five years from now, it's possible that some of the customers that are important to us today aren't the ones that we want to be going after in the future. So how do you get those right people in the room? Yeah, you know, boy, that's that's a, a really key element of the strategic prep work that goes into thinking about an advisory board program. And really, if I were to s- step back and say, you know, what are the three best practices which which kind of all tie together and it gets to the heart of your question, it would, it would start uh, with this. First is to determine what the objective is, what is it that mm-hmm. you most want to learn from this group. Second would be, well, what are the questions you're prepared to ask? And more importantly, are you willing to take action based on any of the feedback or, or guidance the customers give you? And then the third, and this is where your question ties in, if that's the objective and if that's what I want to learn, who really are the right people to ask that question to? So I, I will tell you one of the big myths that uh, surround advisory board planning is the myth of who we can invite. For example, there's a, a, a it's human nature to say, gosh, I don't want to throw a party and have nobody come. Right. Therefore, I will invite people I know. Even if those people are at the wrong level, they'd rather have the butts in the chair versus having the right people. And there's nothing worse than asking the wrong question to the wrong set of people. And you just get meaningless information that will right. not help you at all or confuse you. So in thinking about the objective and what you want to learn, what will frequently happen is, gosh, Mike, we don't yet have the relationship with the people we want. We know the director of IT, but what we really want is the CIO, and we don't know that person. Therefore, we can't invite them. And this is the fallacy because what we need is a reason to call a reason to have a connection point with those people we don't yet know. And the advisory board is the perfect, non-threatening business reason to reach out and make contact with somebody we don't yet know, but we would really like to have a business relationship with. So if we plan the right wording and the right positioning around the advisory board, that ties into the definition that I that I described to you earlier. If we if we highlight the strategic nature, the opportunity to network with your peers on strategic topics together, you will not have a problem filling the advisory board seats with the right level people we want, even if we don't yet have a business relationship with them. So there's a little bit of strategy. There's obviously some finesse in the invitation process, but with a well-thought-out and structured approach, you can use the advisory board 
to establish a whole new set of relationships with people who will matter in the future, the most senior people. Uh, and that's a, a, one of the key values an advisory board program can bring. So what's in it for me as a customer? Why would I want to spend time, you know, take time out of my day? I, I might have to travel. I may have to, as an executive, I may have to break away from what I'm doing. Why should I do this for you, uh, particularly if I don't have an existing relationship with, with you? How do, I, how do you right. get me to attend? You know, that's a great question. There are three reasons why customers come, and these three reasons are always the same. And, they, and they're always in the, the order that I'm going I'm to give you. Um, and, it, it, again, it ties back to the strategy nature. So if we position the cab right, if, if the CEO and the staff have internalized exactly what this means – and you position your advisory board in this particular way, you, you will not have any problem getting customers, and customers will come for these, the following three reasons. First is they want to come and network with their senior executive peers to discuss strategic topics that they care about. They're, if you think about it, executives have very busy schedules, as, as you correctly alluded to. Uh, their time is limited, but if you look at a lot of what they're doing, only a tiny percent of their uh, time on their calendar, if any at all, is dedicated to discussing topics of a strategic nature with their peers. Uh, it's not the same as, well, I'm going to a conference and I'm going to hear stuff. The, the advisory board is a much more intimate group where you sit down together with other you know, CIOs or senior decision makers to talk about strategic, far-reaching things, and to share notes and collaborate with each other. That networking, that peer connection with the senior executives is incredibly rich and valuable, and they always say that's the number one reason I'm here, because I wanted to hear what my peers are saying. The second reason, and this is very selfish to them, and we want to acknowledge this, is we want to give them the opportunity to help us shape our roadmap this is the host company's roadmap, so we can better serve these customers. And so rather than hide behind that, we should make it obvious and say, yes, we want your input, and we're going to take it to heart, and we're going to help uh, drive the roadmap so you get more benefit from it than you're getting today. And so there's this self-serving nature at a strategic level that these executives will care about, especially when you're looking at the three- to five-year horizon. Now, the third reason is somewhat intangible, but if you're missing this one, you'll never get the customers to come back. And the third reason is because you are genuinely, sincerely interested in the feedback that they give you. So if you're in a meeting and you are engaged, you, the host company, are engaged, your, your body language is leaning forward, you're paying attention to every word, you're, you're asking good, thoughtful follow-up questions. Customers are going to feel that that is a good use of your, their time being there because you're genuinely interested in learning from them so you can help them, the customers, better. Now, the flip of that is let's, let's take one of the CEOs I alluded to earlier, the one who says, oh, I know everything. I doubt they can tell me anything that I know. If he's sitting at the table and his arms are crossed and he's popping in and out of the room and he's not so uh, really paying attention to it, uh, if he pops in and he says, hey, thanks for coming, guys. Have a great meeting. I'll see you later, uh, it, you know, it, it, that's a, a disservice to the customers. They really don't like it. And 
so if you miss it, even if you have the other two reasons, they're not going to come back. So you need those three reasons, and if you have them, I have uh, over the hundred cabs that I've worked on over the past 12 years, never had a never had a problem in not having a critical mass of the right people come and attend. So it's the networking with the peers, it's a chance to influence your roadmap, and it's because the host company is genuinely, sincerely interested and eager to get that feedback, uh, and they're engaging uh, in a just manner. You know, Mike, that, that's a great point, particularly the last one. And, and in my new book, Marketing Above the Noise, I actually kind of lay out a model for, uh, for accepting feedback, which is to acknowledge what you've heard, to accept that there's valuable input there, whether or not you're going to agree with it or, or, or not. And then third is to articulate what you'll do, which may be at that point nothing more than we're going to share it, we're going to take it back and evaluate it, we're going to think about how we change our processes. doesn't mean we may change our entire production schedule or introduce a new product just because you told us that, but people need to be acknowledged, accepted, and then the fact that you articulate and you say, I'm going to do something with this. It's not going into a black hole. So I think you know, that's that, really important. Well, it, it, you're absolutely right, and that is so very important, exactly what you just described. And, in fact, one of the keys to success in an advisory board meeting is that we set the proper expectations, not only for what kind of meeting this is, but what we're going to do with the information we collect. And customers are, are smart people. Sometimes I don't think we give them enough credit, but they know that we, as the host company, if you will, we have many mechanisms we're using to gather market research and customer data, and there's lots of input that is going to help us make whatever the next set of business decisions are. It's not just the cab meeting. And so if we're clear, uh, we can set the expectation that says our goal and our promise is we're, gonna, we're eager and interested in the feedback you get. We're going to listen to it. We're going to think about it. We're going to add it into the mix of the other stuff we're thinking about. We're not going to guarantee you just because you said you wanted it in blue, we're going to do it in blue. We might choose red or green. But what we do promise is when we do make a decision, we're going to circle back to you and tell you the decision we made and why we made it. And so having that closed loop, that's all customers are really looking for. It's like, well, did you hear what I say? Did you consider it? Tell me that you consider it. And I'll respect whatever decision you made, but I'd really like to know how our conversation helped guide you. And Absolutely. You know, you know, if we have that closed loop, uh, everything is good because at, at the heart we're talking about a business relationship of equals. It's a shared learning experience. It's not a master-slave, you tell me what to do and I do it without thinking. There, there needs to be this uh, equity or, or equal relationship, and, and, and things work very, very well if we take the time to set those expectations up front. Uh, you save a lot of heartburn later. Absolutely. So this is fantastic, Mike. Where can our listeners get more information on best practices around customer advisory boards? Yes. Uh, so uh, I was last year, maybe about 18 months ago, I wrote a series of books called The Flip Chart Guides to Customer Advisory Boards, and I created the CAB Resource Center uh, blog and website. And if you go to um, uh, HTTP Customer Advisory Boards, dot wordpress dot com 
you'll find a whole series of uh, Customer Advisory Board best practices and articles. Uh, you can also search on my name or Customer Advisory Boards, and you'll find the CAB Resource Center as one of the uh, links that pops up. Uh, and you'll be able to find lots of information that I've made publicly available, as well as the books that uh, you can find at your leisure. Okay. We've been talking with Mike Gosby, who is not only a marketing strategist, but he is one of the leading facilitators on uh, customer advisory boards. Thank you, Mike. This has been extremely valuable. Thank you so much, Linda. This is Linda Popke. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, this has been Marketing Thought Leadership. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Marketing Thought Leadership, brought to you by Leverage 2 Market Associates. If you'd like to find out how powerful marketing results can transform your organization, contact us at www.leverage2market.com.